It is day three of our hike. This is what I dubbed from fort to fort. Our revised plan was to enjoy a hearty English breakfast at the Simon Byrne Tea Rooms B&B where we stayed, then make our way to Chester's Fort to be the first ones there to fully enjoy the ruins before embarking on the hike into what are known as the crags and seeing another fort, namely Housesteads, late in the day before reaching our uh, evening destination in a town called Once Brood. This is also the area uh, where efforts to preserve the ruins appear to have begun in earnest back in the 19th century by a fellow named John Clayton, who oversaw not only the excavation of Chester's Fort on his estate property, but also on segments of the wall uh, we would encounter all day, up to and including that fort at Housesteads. The crags that I referenced earlier are known to be somewhat more arduous hiking, with elevations running up to 350 meters, i.e. over 1,000 feet. But all the literature, not to mention the pictures, implied that the effort would be worth it. Frankly, this was a day of more labored hiking, given the terrain and net rise in elevation. But as we went, the wall displaced the vellum as our focus, and the ruins were spectacular. The nightcap clearly reveals our excitement at what we were experiencing, including the initial pints, by the way, at the Twice Brewed Inn. All right, all right, all right. Cole, I'm going to start by congratulating you, and you can congratulate me back. Uh, we've reached what I think is at least geographically roughly the midpoint of the tour. In that we've, uh, how about it? Yeah, a hand for ourselves. And uh, and we've reached uh, we've we've now made it to a town called Once Brewed, where we're staying at a place called the Twice Brewed Inn, and uh, as as the next few minutes may reveal, we've probably been um, uh, thrice uh, thrice drunk or thrice served at least. I think I had a, I think I had four pints personally. Quadruple brewed. Quadruple brewed. That's the word. I'm not good with these this number related label things, but. Hey, listen. The com let's come back to the whole uh, the, the twice brewed thing. That's uh, that's almost like a separate discussion. But I had a few thoughts. We had a really good day today. I thought we covered another thirteen miles and change. We started uh, at Chester's Fort, right outside of Chollerford. We made it all the way here to Once Brewed. I'll tell you my first thought, and I want you to kind of get into this, which is over the first few days we saw. Not, not a heck of a lot of wall. I think we've commented on that already. But in hindsight, we actually saw a lot of what's known as vellum, right? Which is the big ditch in front of the wall, generally speaking, on the north side of the wall. So we've had kind of a continuity of vellum. And yet, to me, today was where, like, it became wall. Fair yeah. point? Yeah, serious wall. Yeah. Started with, like, a couple stretches of three, 400 meters and... You know, by the time we finished, it was miles and miles and miles of continuous wall. And the reason that it's not continuous for 84 miles is in the 1900 years since it was built, people just used the wall to build other things, uh, houses and roads and, and fences. And uh, But we're walking through a bit of the countryside that's a bit remote. It's not so easy to just come steel wall and take it somewhere else I and mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal it was beautiful and the countryside was beautiful yeah. 
saw some you know more great farms but also see some 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 cool little lakes and some you know very sheer rock faces and it, you know, some of the places they built on top of the this wall it almost felt unnecessary because it was already from a position of height and strength well it's funny that you say that i'm thinking about a couple of the i'll call them <laughs> what, we, what we kept thinking was the pinnacle uh of <laughs> you know we even took video a couple times thinking oh this got to be the apex of the whole journey the whole 84 miles and uh you know to to provide sort of a yogi Berraism. Every time we hit a pinnacle, we'd think we were at the pinnacle and realize there's another pinnacle up ahead. So uh, uh, the up and down, and, and frankly, I think the, the heights that we were, that we were at in, in what is basically Rolling Hills country was quite impressive in its own right. And the fact is, that's where the wall was, no? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, th I think every hiker knows that there are, there are false peaks where you think you're getting to the top, and then there's another top, and then another top, and another top. But exactly. Uh, the, the the location of the wall was placed at these really high places for a good strategic reason back 1900 years ago it was to defend the the holy roman empire from from the marauders from the north and it was is they put it in places that you know 2000 years later are very beautiful beautiful places very beautiful and, and um, probably in many cases because of these pinnacles you're talking about um, being the complete amateur military historian that I fancy myself chose places that were actually almost impregnable because they were so elevated right they were higher ground which I think is kind of the first rule of military planning choose the higher ground but you know then again what do I know yeah, you would think that in some of these places the wall wasn't even necessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was more so you could stand up and look east, uh, look north, and and see if people are coming. It, it, exactly, and you know that reminded me because it was somewhere along the way where we were talking, and um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, the vellum is this big valley or carve out, if you will, that's a valley in front of the wall uh, that helps uh, it, it reinforces, if you will, the defensibility of the wall and the frontier, but. There was a point where we were walking pretty close to a pretty steep edge, and you made a comment there when I was walking maybe a little too close to the edge there about uh, you know what happens if I fall in, and that, I, I think that needs reiteration because I I kind of enjoyed that one at the time. I thought it was a nice reference. Yeah, because the the vellum can be very deep and 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 you know very uh, steep. Yeah, steep is a good word. So, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, I don't know. A Grateful Dead lyric came into my head, and I said, "Oh, sweet mama!" Oh, sing it out! Sing out! <laughs> <laughs> George might get them deep vellum blues. Deep, deep vellum blues. <laughs> That's what happens if you fall into the vellum. Oh yeah, you yeah. get the deep vellum blues. No, there are a couple vellums there. I'm not sure. Apologies. Uh, I'll speak to myself. Apo Apologies to the true deadheads out there. Yeah, although just as a just as an aside, I'm not sure, Cole. I think that's a dead cover. I don't think they wrote it, but they made it pretty famous, and I'm with you on all that, so that was all good. So we started the day, actually, with very serious Roman ruins that actually trace back to a guy named John Clayton that I think we learned a fair amount about yep. in going to uh, Chester's Forts. So we saw those ruins. Uh, we saw... 
at the uh, toward the end of the day, we saw another what I'll call an excellent set of ruins uh, known as housesteads. I'm kind of curious. You're you're a guy. I've seen a few Roman ruins uh, around different parts of the world. You've seen several, I think. I'm kind of curious, as I would put it, the quality of the ruins, uh, the quality of the narration around those. Any thoughts on how that? I I was very impressed with them personally. I'm kind of curious as to your feedback relative to what else you've seen. You you've you've been to Istanbul even more than I have. Um, I've been to Carthage. I've been to Pompeii. Maybe you've been to some places like that. Maybe you've been to Ephesus. Kind of curious in terms of the the ruins. Uh, Rome is another good example. Obviously, they're, that's why they're called Romans. But uh, <laughs> I just thought of that. But anyway, I kind of. Do they have Roman ruins ruins in Rome? In Rome, yes, yeah, like a crazy <laughs> thing. Like what a coincidence, right? Yeah, no, I thought I thought that they were very well excavated, very well preserved in certain places. Uh, obviously, after nineteen hundred years, things do shift and degrade, and certain things disappear. But uh, it, what what struck me was both the commitment to excavating them and preserving them as well as what struck me was an interesting consistency in how they were laid out. Yeah. You know, each of them had barracks on both sides. You had the, the commander's house right inside the front and then, you know, the various administrative buildings in the middle. And it seems like there was an interesting consistency to how they were all uh, designed and laid out. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of... Um you know, Walmarts are laid out very similarly also, so it just it kind of I reflected <laughs> on that, but obviously that's a much later development. <laughs> but no, all kidding aside on the Walmart thing, um, even, Cole, even if, you, even if you go to, there, there were several cases where we saw the remains, largely the foundational remains of turrets along the way. That was but throughout the day today, as we saw more and more of the wall, there were turrets yeah. along the way. And interestingly, if you stepped inside what would be the first floor of usually a two-story turret, as it had, you know, was envisioned by the the archaeologists who have looked into this, I thought the the footprint, if you will, of the turret was surprisingly similar. Maybe not surprisingly, because it is sort of this Roman, you know, uh, footprint, if you will. They were the same on each one. I mean, I think we could have paced those off. I actually, st I paced off a couple, and I said. <laughs> They're actually the like maybe this shouldn't be a surprise, but to you know to a to a, a a slow moving mind like mine, I said, well, how about that? They're they're like the same dimensionality, you know, on that end and on this end, and we're you know here we are six miles further on down. So I was kind of impressed by all that, the regularity, if you will, their consistency. Yeah, I mean, the more preserved the wall is, the more preserved the turrets are, and yeah. you know and. Yeah there's a certain consistency. I think they laid them out every every mile and a half or so or two miles, um, there would be a turret. And they laid it out such that there would be soldiers all along the wall and you know, they could, they could uh, perceive any aggression from the north and alert the others. And yeah, it was, it was very well organized and very, a lot of consistency in the organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh... <clears throat> if you th you and I were in the financial world, and if you think about the way we would look at as financial types or financial analysts, the scalability of businesses that we think about today, the, the Roman Empire was actually scalability in its own right, in a sense. 
is that I think they took the same formula, if you will, right down to the building of forts, the building of turrets, you know, along the frontier, mm-hmm. the building uh, of all of your defense mechanisms along the frontier. Yeah, My suspicion is the roads, the yeah, educational systems, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the laws. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. basically everything that Monty Python probably would have told us the Romans were responsible for, the, the, the formula, if you will, was applied everywhere. And it's actually, you know, when you think about this being a world where the communication systems were carrier pigeons or folks on horseback, in some cases, having to ride through grounds that were occupied by goths or vandals or picts, it's really an impressive thing. I mean, I'm actually becoming more and more impressed day by day by the scope or the scale, maybe the scale is the right word, of what the Roman Empire was able to do. And that's, that's frankly, one of the biggest takes, takeaways or appreciations that I have <coughs> of what we've seen so far. Yeah, and these, the, the wall and the forts, these were relevant for 300 odd years after after they were built in 122 AD. Yeah. You know, so yeah. They, they continued to be, I mean, for, for a time that uh, compared to the United States, you know, think how old we are. You know, these forts were functional for 300 years. I'm completely with you, except I just want to get one clarification. You said how old we are. Are you talking about the United States? Are you talking specifically about Cole and George? Talking about the United States. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a couple other bases I got I to gotta cover here. One is, every day on this tour, every bed and breakfast has served up what I would call hearty, hearty English breakfast. Yep. And... I'm going to speak for myself. English breakfast, if you're going to go and go walking up and down hills, you know, trying to follow or find a wall, there's nothing like a nice English breakfast uh, to uh, to set you on your wheels, no? It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one decision to, to make. I mean, every English breakfast comes with a couple of vegetables. you got your tomatoes. you got your, your grilled tomatoes and, and, and your cooked mushrooms. You've got eggs. You've got ham, you've got sausage, and then of course there's the blood sausage or the black sausage, which is not something I that I that I prefer. But uh, you know, you get a first course and you get that whole cooked second course, and it's absolutely amazing. You you head off and you 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 won't need lunch at one or twelve. Yeah, we you haven't know, thought you... about eating lunch before one thirty or two o'clock on yeah. almost any day here. So that's that's just to me that's really worth. Um, hey, we've talked a little bit along the way about uh, logistics, uh, about how we're feeling. I think we did. We talked last night about a, a phys. I think it was an inventory of physicality, or or what might, one might call a physical inventory. In other words, yeah. how you feel. And here's a good night because now we're a few days into it. You know, today was um, a more variable weather day, right? I, I I was dressed differently than you. I dressed for cool. You dressed for warm. And you were right for about half the day, and I was right for about half the day. It's just that the halves were not half and half. It was just pieces here, pieces there. But it was all good. And uh, the good news is we didn't get rained on, which I think would have been a, a bigger complication. But we're pretty far into the journey now. Uh, what would you say is the biggest, uh, either for you, for me, or for the two of us, is the, the biggest uh, packing faux pas or shortcomings that we've come up with so far? Packing full pause. 
I brought three pairs of long pants and two pairs of shorts, and so far I've only worn one pair of shorts. So I, yeah, I, I thought that was starting to look I, overly familiar. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that looked similar. <laughs> thought maybe I, you bought three pairs of the same shorts. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have another pair it's identical but oh, God bless. you won't know when I switch but yeah, that, uh, yeah, I will yeah. switch I, I'm not sure I believe that but carry on um, but uh, yeah no I, I probably brought more like polo shirts than I needed uh, it, it's all fine we haven't needed uh, warm weather and we haven't need uh, any warm weather gear or rain gear so yeah. far so which you know I don't know really coming from America what to plan on but uh, I consider three and a half good days of hiking with no rain a big win uh, we've, we've had extreme heat but we have not had uh, haven't had rain yeah I think the term for that one is godsend yeah, uh, right. yeah. I'm happy I made one mistake I think along the way which was you know like you uh, but even more so I decided pack for anything which basically meant pack for everything so I packed everything it's pack packing everything is short for packing for everything yeah I don't know if you realize that but if you take the four out <laughs> it's kind of the same statement right so anyway I packed for everything and I packed everything and um, uh, interestingly I then got on the scale and I was concerned because I didn't know if the airline that I was flying would penalize me or charge me if I showed up with 50 it was about 53 and a half pounds of gear in my big bag so I began to weed stuff out and one of the things I weeded out is a um, uh, I mean it's actually kind of an honorary uh, uh, flask it's a flask set you know where we could have carried some whiskey had some nice cups by the way it's signed by a fellow named Jack Nicholas I think it's part of a series of about a hundred thousand. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it's got at least on the box. It has his, uh, and I'm a big fan of Jack's, uh, but it has his signature on the box. And uh, I did not pack that. And um, I'm starting to think that that was a, like a, a basically a a, a a serious oversight. There's a word for it. It's called a rookie mistake. It was a rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna have to come back. So we've done like 45 miles, and I gotta. Basically, come back and start over, and at least cover that leg and, uh, yeah. and fix that all up. Yeah, my biggest, my biggest, you know, failure to pack thing was a pair of flip flops. Because yeah. when you come off the trail, you've you've done fifteen miles in hiking boots or even sometimes uh, running shoes. It's so nice to just like take all that off and throw on a pair of flip flops or some slippers or something ish, uh, but. Yeah, I, that that I, every day I get off the trail and I regret not having my flip flops. So that, that kind of reminds me. And by the way, I'm completely with you on that because I've been walking around after post hike, if you will, in topsiders. But I think flip flops would have been that much more comfortable because, quite frankly, my feet are probably the only thing that really are sore at the end of each day. I felt pretty good otherwise, um, but. You bring that all up, and I was thinking to myself, you know, here we are at the Twice Brewed Inn. There's kind of two things that I can tell that we're really going to enjoy here. There may be three or four, but we're, we're sort of on break for a day after today. Uh, we'll do a little sightseeing. We'll go to Vindolanda and all, I think, which will be great in its own right. But, you know, beside being uh, uh, a, a mm -hmm. local brew pub, and we did sample uh, 
I'll speak for myself, sampled several Janus, uh, which is uh, a, a nice hoppy but fruity uh, ale. You sampled the Janus, and I, I think you snuck a couple of others in there just to make sure the Janus was actually up to snuff. But the fact of the matter is, they also have this, uh, this shop where you can buy twice-brewed t-shirts and twice-brewed this and twice-brewed that. I'm starting to think to myself, and I'm just thinking out loud here because we haven't been to the shop. We only got here at 6.30 today. I'm starting to think, you think they got like some twice-brewed in flip-flops downstairs that we're going to be able to find in the uh, in the shop tomorrow morning. We're going to have to take a look because I actually think you're onto something here. We should have brought flip-flops and anybody who's thinking about doing this trip ought to be flip-flopping along the way. I like it. I, I, I'm not that hopeful that we're going to find flip-flops in the gift shop, but uh, they definitely have shirts and, and they have shirts ball, and polos. I know ball, I saw that ball on caps, ball caps, and so, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but the flip flops, yeah. your optimism isn't nearly as high. It sounds like. Yeah, no, I had two of the Janus pale ales. Yeah, I had one American ale and one porter. Oh, you had a porter. I forgot about the porter. That was my, that yeah. was my dessert beer. Yeah, the porter that I needed was to carry what's now a forty-nine <laughs> and a half pound bag. After I took the flask out. I needed a porter to bring that thing upstairs here, and frankly, I've needed that same porter for every one of the BMBs we've been in the whole bloody week. But otherwise, uh, here we are at the midpoint. It's all good, and uh, after several pints of uh, at the twice brewed in, and we'll enjoy a couple more tomorrow. Oh yeah, at least. I think, I think we're looking at a wrap. I think it's a wrap, presuming we can find some flip flops tomorrow. Yeah, we'll look. All good. Call all right. sleep tight. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Good night. Good night.